Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you tonight, August the 19th, 2017, the episode that is the prelude to the great American eclipse. This comes on the heels. This week it was released that the USGS deems two Northern California volcanoes as a very high threat. All kinds of news this week about what has been going on in our government's White House. Lots of shakeups this week. Uh, lots of changes in positions as the consternation just continues to flow across this nation. I do want to make one observation concerning thus. As I recall, all previous mainstream news organizations, after the vote had been decided and one president or another had been voted in, the news agencies would come out and say that we're all Americans and we need to support the president that has been elected. However… I don't remember that coming out of any mainstream news sources. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I took note that in the mainstream news, a lot of the articles do not refer to him as president. They just call him Trump. Now, as interesting as that may be, ladies and gentlemen, these are the facts. That exactly 40 days, the same amount of duration, this temporia seculum, that Jonah cried out to Nineveh. In 40 days, judgment would fall. Is Yom Kippur this year? I've been very hesitant in talking about this, but maybe I'll just bring that to light. I know that most of you are under the impression that you can do no wrong. But don't be surprised if on day 41 you're going about your business nonchalantly and all of a sudden you could swear that you hear a start gun. Are you going to pull those pistols or 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Shall I quote? Jonah, chapter 3, verse 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. Let's just keep that in mind for this entire episode, shall we? Quentin, how are you doing this week? And uh, what's been catching your eye in the news? Well, um, I, I guess there's only one real way to put how I'm doing this week. And, and watching what's happening to our country and to our world, I, I'm, I'm saddened. I'm, I'm kind of standing beside myself looking at it and, and just kind of in, in shock um, to see the deterioration that's happening. And, and uh, you know, it just it weighs heavy on my heart to see this. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I just don't know how else to put it. I understand. You know, like I said, I, I don't remember after the election all the mainstream news sources come out and saying what they always do. I mean, they always say this. I mean, I went back um, – uh, I tried searching uh, that particular thing. I was able to find mainstream news sources all the way back to Carter doing this. They would come out after uh, the election and say, you know, we're all Americans. And I mean, they would word it different ways, but they would say, uh, this is our president. Uh, they didn't do that this time, and they're not even properly respecting him in the news. They're not – I mean, check your news sources, ladies and gentlemen. Multiple times, they won't call him president. It's, it's all over the place. It's, it's unprecedented, almost as if they are the ones trying to desperately stir up trouble. Brian, how has your week been, and what's uh, been catching your eye in the news? Uh, it's, my week's been rather interesting, as usual, and what's been catching my eye in the news, a whole heck of a lot. I mean, uh, one thing I suspected earlier in the week, and sure enough, folks, be careful not to keep your eye just on the events happening here in America, because quite literally, it's a bit of a flash in the pan compared to a lot of other things that are happening that are going unreported in American media, so... You know, every time we see things like this, we have to remember to look at all the other circumstances that are happening at the same time. So, with that said, that's my take, at least for now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get Clinton into the saddle, uh, get straight away to his news barrage. Clinton, the saddle is yours. Thank you. You know, there's there's been a couple times where you know all week long I'm I'm watching what's going on and and trying to see you know through the barrage of the media and through the barrage of the disinformation that's coming through um, and all that I see all that I see is is where's the love um, that there we we have grown so cold as a people um, as a nation um, the fact that we are fighting over which hate group is better than the other hate group just shows the extent of our society, the extent of how lawless we have become, how heartless we have become. You know, I mean, if you if you look back at the, the civil rights movement and, and you take, you know, leaders like Martin Luther King and and how they protested and how they 
fought for their their rights. It wasn't necessarily this hate group versus that hate group. It was this type of people wanting rights. We we don't have that now. We have the neo Nazis who are going crazy. We have Antifa who is going crazy. We have the president fighting over which one is better than the other, you know, the alt-right or the alt-left, I guess that's a new, new thing, um, which one is, is less violent. And that one should be the one that's looked into. It, it, it just, it saddens me to realize that this is the extent of our nation. This is, this is where we have come. And where we are going is a very, very dark place. If, if you can't see this, then, then you haven't been turning on the TV. Everywhere you look, all over the, 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 every news broadcast, doesn't matter if you watch Fox, CNN, One America, you know, some guy on YouTube, it, it doesn't matter. Everyone is showing the same thing. And that is lawlessness is abound. Hate is abound. Racism is abound. This, this is taking us down a very, very dark road that, that, that I'm afraid that we are going to regret because this is something that we as a country may not recover from. I, I hate to say that, but we have civilians take it upon themselves to desecrate monuments, re- regardless of which monument it is it's you know there's reports of some of them in i think it was in arizona that uh, a confederate monument was uh, tarred and feathered um we have uh you know one that was ripped down and people arrested because they're ripped down we have other ones with swastikas spray painted on them or or even a saint that had murder spray painted all across it we we have hate taking over now now scripture tells us that you know, their hearts will be hardened and that the, the people in the end will not repent for their sins. What do you, what do you take as this? Everyone is right. Everyone believes they are right. And no one is willing to compromise with the other side. No one is willing to talk to the other side. When we as a society get to the point that we are unwilling to, to acknowledge that, hey, maybe I don't have all the answers. Maybe I'm human. And God doesn't talk directly to me and tell me all the secrets of the universe. If we can't admit that, then we're lost. We're absolutely lost. And, and, you know, Matthew brought up the, you know, the 40 days uh, of judgment that was, that was brought upon Nineveh or the 40 day time frame they had to repent. We as a nation are needing to repent you can say any crime against God that, that can be made, and we have done it. We continue to do it, and it's accelerating. The fact that someone died at a protest, that many people were hurt in a protest, the action of the President of the United States right then and there should be to say that that is wrong. but we have incitement of violence. The protests that happened today in Boston, it, it mimics what was going to happen in, in Virginia, but this one was cut short because the anti-protesters came out in force. Anti-protesters and protesters 
getting violent. You, you can put the two and two together where this is headed. Even Rush Limbaugh came out and said that the United States is headed towards civil war. He has a following that's been listening to his rhetoric for you know, 40 years or however long he's been on the, the radio. This is being ingrained into the psyche of America. This is being ingrained into everyone. You can't walk down the street and not hear someone talking about this, about the violence that is spreading across our country. And that no one is standing up and saying, hey, where's the love? Aren't we instructed as Christians to love each other? Where's the church? Where is the the so-called Christian right standing up and saying, hey, violence is bad. We shouldn't be doing this. Where are they? Nowhere. They're not not found. They're not willing to stand up and say that this is wrong because they're, they're not willing to admit that they're wrong. We're all wrong at one point, but we can all agree upon violence is the the wrong cause. And this is not only just in the United States. We have it all over Europe. You know, what happened in Spain was disastrous. A a van drove through seven blocks of people, killing, what, 13 or 16 and injuring over 100. Seven blocks on the sidewalk. Bobbing and weaving in and out, hitting people. And that wasn't the big attack that was supposed to happen in Spain. That was just the precursor. The big one was supposed to be a massive explosion that they botched. The only reason we know that they botched is because, well, one of them went off and the police showed up at their house and five assailants came out with, you know, fake uh, booby traps on their bodies, you know, suicide vests, and got into a shootout with the police and died. And then they found out that the plan was to have massive explosions and take out more and more people along with this driver that went through seven blocks of people in Spain. We have Finland, where there was a massive stabbing in Finland. You know, I think three were killed there. Another seven people stabbed, stabbed. We had another one in Germany, same thing. There was one that came out today in Russia, a massive stabbing. You know, when, when people are using automobiles as weapons, when people are going on to subways or going into places with mass populations and just randomly stabbing people, where is this leading us? What, where is this headed? This is not going to take us anywhere good. This is going to take us down a road that leads to the loss of civil liberties for everyone. Because it has to. Because if you are going to have random people doing attacks on random people, there's no way to plan to stop that. There's no way unless you monitor everyone's actions. And we all know what that means. And none of us want that. Because that means the end of our freedom. Not only ours, but everyone across the globe. We all strive for peace, love, and happiness. But that has been taken from the majority of people around the globe. That has been taken as a plan. And, and you can see what, what I mean by a plan. You, you, if you have a population that's ranging from the age of 18 to 35, 
And that population has a high unemployment rate, which is happening in Europe, which happens in the United States, which is happening all over the world. Those people lose hope when they are their best working age. That's when they're in their best shape. That's when they are setting up their lives for their future. If they don't have that, they don't have hope. And those people get violent. History has proven that. That's how it works. And if you take away the, the hope and dreams of those types of people, those people within that age bracket, you can determine that they are going to get violent. They are going to cause chaos. And that's what's happening. This is by design. This is absolutely by design. And, and it, you know, it, I'll bring up uh, an example of Yemen. We haven't talked about Yemen in a while. And, and this is very disturbing. I did not realize this, but, you know, I guess migrant workers have been coming from Ethiopia and Somalia through the, the Horn of Africa for, for many, many years. And they go into the Middle East because there's high-paying jobs in the oil industry there. That is where, you know, the majority of the hard labor workers come from. If you look at what Saudi Arabia did to Yemen, what the civil war in Yemen has done is decimated that country. Cholera, you know, last report I saw was over half a half a billion people or half a million people were affected. It was 500,000 people were affected by cholera and dying by the truckloads. But the migrants haven't stopped. These people who are in worse shape or in horrible shape in Sudan and Somalia and Ethiopia are still going into Yemen, hoping that that transport into the Arab world where the good jobs are is still open. So they walk directly into a cholera, civil war filled country where they're dying. This is by design. If you want to stop the workers from people that you don't necessarily like, you take out the gateway, you stop the workers, oil production goes down, you make sure that your enemies don't have their workers. You control the oil industry. What's going on across the globe is not by chance. This is put into place. And, and scripture tells us this is going to happen. Everything is falling into place. Everything. And then you throw in the eclipse that happens on Monday. The massive amounts of people that are moving to go look at the two minutes of totality of this eclipse. They showed four, a four and a half minute video of the highways in Oregon that were already jammed up before the weekend even got started. Of people heading to go look at this eclipse. Gas stations in Wyoming are running out of gas already. And it's not even the, it's, it was Saturday and I heard this on Friday. What, what's, and everyone is rejoicing. Everyone is saying that, oh, wow, this eclipse is so amazing. You know, gotta show all the kids this eclipse, gotta take a field trip up there so everyone gets to see it and make sure to buy the special glasses, you know, for 50 bucks a pop, you know, so you can look at this eclipse when they don't know that this is a harbinger. Scripture tells us this is a harbinger against the Gentile nation. And we're looking at it and rejoicing when 
people that have gone before us have always seen this is not a good sign. But we don't care. We're Americans. We're rich. We have everything we want. We have no desires for anything. We can do whatever we want. Which describes a generation that is talked about that arrives before his second coming. We are defining that generation on a daily basis. And it's growing. It's growing. You know, the the fact that there's little press going on about what happened in Sierra Leone, where there's a massive landslide that happened that they know of at least 300 people that are dead and another 600 people that are missing, that are gone, that they have stopped receiving text messages from, which is amazing that people very could send text messages, but they're not getting them anymore. So they anticipate that all of those 600 people are dead as well. So you're talking about thousands of people gone on one mudslide. And people aren't talking about it. We have 16 million people affected by flooding just in Nepal, India, and Bangladesh. 16 million. I, I came across a, a video, and you know, I, I support everyone on YouTube who's doing the, the, the best that they can to, to get the message out. And, and there's one, it's called the End Times Ministry, and their most recent video was, was about flooding. And it showed all the flooding that's happening all across the globe. And it's scary to see everywhere it's flooding, everywhere. And then you have places like North Dakota that Matthew has brought up, or I've talked to Matthew about, who are in a massive drought that they can't even, their crop is wasting away. We have California where we can't have workers, you know, get the food off of the trees, so they're wasting away. This, this world is going absolutely insane and going absolutely insane quickly. And that doesn't even bring up what's happening in our political system. <sighs> democracy is in trouble, guys. Plain and simple, democracy is in trouble. You look what's happening in Kenya. The, the president of Kenya lost the election, but will not relinquish power and is using the military to keep the people at bay so he stays in power. We have Venezuela that is going crazy and absolutely in chaos. And they're looking to rewrite the Constitution, which mimics exactly what happened in Syria, which happens in in Turkey, to where they can have de facto ultimate power. That is the trend. Democracy is the bridge to dictatorship. That is what we are seeing across the globe right now. I hope that that doesn't happen in the United States. But what's happening in the political system of the United States is is insane. The fact that we have CEOs that are supposed to be on councils to advise the president or the president to advise them because, you know, well, you know, we have a businessman that's going to be around the country as a business. They're dropping out and they refuse to endorse or work with the president of the United States. 
we have aides within the administration that are not saying that they are upset that Donald Trump said the racist comments. They're upset that he said it publicly, that behind closed doors, they already knew this. Uh, I wish I was making this up. You know, I, I wish I was making this up. Our country has the potential to be a light within the darkness, to be hope for the entire world as the entire world goes crazy, as the entire world goes dark. And we are losing our light. The fact that we cannot allow everyone the opportunity is wrong. And I'm not saying that that's just because, you know, white, black, or indifference. It's because of our economic system. You know, I came across, and this is an article a couple of weeks ago, about how the upper middle class is destroying the middle class. It used to be the ultra-rich siphoning all the money. And if you, you know, want to believe that that's true or don't, just look at Donald Trump's penthouse and you can see everything is ordained in gold. And that's just siphoning money directly into him. Well, the upper middle class is doing the same exact thing. And the problem is it's, it's causing the middle class to starve. There's reports that there's numerous office workers that are homeless, that they can't make enough to buy or rent an apartment. So they're sleeping on the benches in the park and then, you know, putting on their tie and going into work the next day. Something's wrong with our society there. California is coming up with um, a way to where individuals will get payment from the state to allow homeless people to live in their house or to have a bedroom in their house because they're having such an issue with homelessness in California. This is the economic system that was put in place that, you know, a lot of people once called trickle down give the money to the rich, and then they're supposed to trickle it down. The only problem is nothing ever got trickled down. Well, if you base everything strictly off of numbers and you monitor your company strictly off of numbers and you, you never interact with the actual individuals that work for you, you're never going to know what the individuals are going through. You know, I, I came across a report of a, a CEO who was shocked when he actually went down and talked to his employees and realized how much they were struggling and he didn't know because you know he just goes off of you know the, the, the average of this the percentage of that and everything's in line and we've got to make sure our profit is here because shareholders need to make their money and his employees were starving and he had no clue that is what's happening we have forgotten how to care you know if if One of the litmus tests to show that you know how to run a good business is to make sure that you have money. If you don't have money, chances are someone's not going to allow you to run their business. But if you have an economic system set up to where you are not going to be able to get to that level unless mommy and daddy actually gave you the money, then you continually recycle the same families, the same people. And then the ones that are not part of that select group are left behind. And that is what is happening. That is why retailers are struggling to the point that they are. 
because the middle class has been the engine of our economy and our nation that brought us to prosperity. That engine has stopped because they have no gas. They have no money. Everything has been taken away. The fact that you have to work 120 hours a week if you make minimum wage to afford a two-bedroom apartment is ridiculous. Plain and simple, ridiculous. But according to the inflation numbers, everything's only at 2%. But everywhere you look, food prices are going through the roof. That's inflation. But the, the number's not indicating it. The number's not real. And if you are basing everything based off of the numbers that you're given there and not actually looking for yourself, you're not going to know. You're not going to have any indication that people are in trouble because you just go off of the reports that are given to you. You just go off of the numbers that are given to you. And that is the problem that we're in. But this is, this is by design. This is a debt-based system. And, and what I mean by debt-based system is, you know, if, if you have a third world country and, and the philosophy of the United States for a long time was to build up the third world countries, you know, get their economy built up, get their people built up, and then, you know, get their infrastructure built up. And then all of a sudden they'll be, you know, doing well for themselves. So what we've done is we go in and say, hey, we'll build these buildings and these factories and these bridges. And we'll even give you the money to do it. You just have to borrow it from us, knowing fair, you know, full well they're not going to be able to afford to pay for these loans. So then we build the factories. We build the bridges. We build everything that they need. And then they can't pay it. And then we default, and they are basically our hostage at that point. And then we put people in, into government that do what we want them to do, and, and that's how the system works. That's why the majority of the world is upset with the United States. Because, well, we put their people in, in debt. We put their people in poverty. And now we're seeing what that does. That That's you can only push people so far before they, they revolt. History has proven that over and over and over again. The United States is going through this debt-based system right now. Credit card debt right now is higher than it was in 2008 before the financial crisis. Housing prices keep going up to where Unless you can afford, you know, a $500,000, $600,000 house, good luck buying a house in a lot of major cities. But wages are not going up. That only points in one direction. This, this system's not going to continue. But if you look at the stock market, we're, we're at, you know, almost 22000 for the Dow. It doesn't make sense. Bitcoin hit 4300 It's doubled in a month. Why? Because people are afraid they don't know what to do and they're flocking to anything that they believe is safety. Plain and simple. They're trying to make a buck. They're trying to make something. What's going on? We don't care anymore. Our God is money. And the fact that scripture even says that we will become lovers of money, point blank, you know, that is, that is what we are. As a society, as a world, we love our money and we're holding on to our money to, to just, just, just because that's our God. This whole war that is brewing, this trade war between China and the United States, this, 
you know, this, this whole war that's brewing is based off of money. The United States wants to retain the petrodollar and, you know, the BRICS nations don't. Russia and Iran just came out with an agreement today. They just finalized a, a goods for oil service. So basically Iran will give Russia oil and, and Russia will give Iran goods. There's no exchange of the U.S. dollar in that. People have said for a long, long time, when that happens, that's the end of the petrodollar. That's the end of the U.S. dollar. That's one reason we went into Iraq. Saddam Hussein was starting to trade oil in the euro, not the U.S. dollar. As soon as he was taken out, one of the very first things that happened was all of a sudden, if you wanted to buy Iraqi oil, you had to use the U.S. dollar, not the euro. That's the game. That's the system. That's what this war is brewing. Now, when it comes to North Korea, you know, everyone's like, oh, he backed down. You know, he's not going to he's not going to bomb or nuke Guam like it's, you know, like he's being a, a wimp for not nuking Guam. We should be rejoicing the fact that he didn't nuke Guam. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, we should be rejoicing he didn't do that. And instead, on Monday, the same day as the eclipse, the United States and South Korea is doing their joint military drill. Then North Korea said, hey, you know, we will talk to both of you. Just don't do this drill. And instead of us talking, we're doing this military drill. So we're egging them up. You know, calling his bluff, you know, showing how big our hands are. Whatever you want to say, it's stupid. We, we shouldn't be egging on someone that we know has nuclear weapons, that we know has chemical weapons, that we know has hacking ability that can take out our banking system. That's the one variable people are not talking about. The old school way of doing war is with nukes. The new school way of doing war is through cyber hacking and cyber warfare. And unfortunately, I think North Korea is probably pretty far along with that because they've already shown it. They've already shown that they have the ability to hack into the world banking system, not just the United States banking system. They, they've gotten trouble for, you know, stealing money out of a Malaysian bank. I think it's something like $80 billion, which is why sanctions against North Korea don't work because, well, they just, you know, hack in and take it and no one knows and they just spend it. And it it's, <laughs> the best way I can describe it is basically you have the millennials versus the baby boomers. The millennials are on the internet. The baby boomers are still brick and mortar. Which one's winning? Not the brick and mortar. And that is what we are looking at right now. So no, we don't want to egg North Korea on and no, we don't want to egg the BRICS nations on. Because this conflict will be a conflict that none of us ever want to see in our lifetime or a children's lifetime or a grandchildren's lifetime. But it's on our doorstep. It's right there. It's heading there. Now, on a completely different topic, everyone's talking about these eclipses, but no one's really talking about the four possible hurricanes that are brewing in the Atlantic right now that are heading towards Mexico and the East Coast, and even to South Carolina. 
the interesting thing about it heading to South Carolina is that is exactly where the Great American Eclipse ends. So there's a strong possibility that the eclipse hits South Carolina at the same time a hurricane hits South Carolina. I don't think any of us ever fathomed that idea or ever thought that would happen or what kind of superstorm that may create. You know, I mean, I remember the the superstorm that hit New York City that, you know, was a snowstorm and a hurricane hit at the same time and the destruction that it did. I can't imagine what an eclipse, considering the moon controls the oceans, what kind of devastation or what kind of problems that may cause where an eclipse and a hurricane combine. But, hey, we may find out on Monday. <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> I, I try to say that nonchalant, but I mean, that's, that's the fact of the matter. I mean, we will find out on Monday if it does anything or what kind of destruction it comes from. You know, I mean, I just, I just want to kind of, before I hand it back over to Matthews, you know, everyone, we are, are here for a reason, all of us. And if, if you have your eyes opened and your ears are able to hear, you know what time it is. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be a light within the darkness. A candle can be seen in pitch darkness five miles away. That is us. That is our duty is to bring a little bit of light in this darkness that is overcoming our world. And that is what we are here to do. So Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, man. Well, let me start by saying this. You tried to say it nonchalantly, but trill, ladies and gentlemen, a hurricane eclipse. Now, listen, here we go again with mainstream news. Quoting the simple fact that eschatology is isochronal, ladies and gentlemen. This is from USA Today. Why do you think they used this vernacular? Hurricane eclipse? Something new under the sun. I'm not being very nonchalant with you, am I? Let me read from just some of this. But this time, many sky watchers are wondering whether there will be an additional participant or participants in the cosmic dance. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you've heard it out of Brian's mouth when he talked about uh, the Aztec cosmology, the Mayan cosmology. Ladies and gentlemen, you have eyes to see and you read this article straight from USA Today. Oh, it's anything but nonchalant. It may sound like the plot out of a direct-to-airplane movie in which Z-list celebrities will change souls, but there is a good chance that at least one tropical storm or hurricane will, will be within the region of the 50% more solar obscuration on Monday afternoon. Should this occur, it would be the first time 
an Atlantic tropical system has coincided with the total eclipse since the beginning of regular weather satellite imagery in 1996. That fact foremost speaks to the true rarity of total eclipses. Two things make the timing and the track of the 2017 eclipse special from the perspective of the potential hurricane eclipse conjunction. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm reading straight from the article. A hurricane eclipse conjunction. First, this is the first eclipse in 50 years to occur during the most tropically active two-month period between... Ah, yes, magical 59 days. August 15th and October 15th, second, after leaving the U.S., the path of totality will cross from the Carolinas south and east into the main development region of the eastern Atlantic prime territory for tropical cyclones in late August. So the odds of an eclipsocane are better than average in 2017, but are they ever in our favor? You know, ladies and gentlemen, this entire article is disturbing, but I shall finish it. I use the National Hurricane Center's SureDat2 data set of hurricane climatology to take a snapshot of all the recorded tropical cyclone activity occurring at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on August 21st for every year since 1900. If a total eclipse occurred every time, every year at that time, in only two of the 117 theoretical eclipses, would totality have intersected the center of a tropical storm or hurricane? So Clinton's right. I guess Monday we'll find out, won't we? We'll find out. But I was at least pointed enough to point out to you what I just recently shared with everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord your God determined there to be six seasons, no matter what you think. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 says that there are six seasons. He done that because of the lunar cycle. Each season's 59 days. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know what disturbs me? Do you even know what verse, what chat? Do you even know what book of the Bible that phrase comes from? Something new under the sun. Makes me look at the author's last name. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? This week we've had a safety alert after drug-resistant Japanese fungus is found in 55 British hospitals. They're calling this a superbug, and they're saying that none of their drugs is touching it. So the people in 
Britannia need to be worried. In Nigeria this week, we had 60 dead in a mysterious disease outbreak, which they have no idea what it is. On top of that, I keep trying to you, I keep trying to bring this to your attention. They try to cover it up with different things like uh, there's too much algae. No, no. Here we go again. In Clear Lake, California, this is a local news source. This wasn't released nationally, so this is local. This is why they they come out and say what the problem is. Lack of dissolved oxygen leads to unprecedented fish die-off at Clear Lake. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to take a look at these. Thousands of dead fish. Shade, carpy, catfish, carp, bass, sunfish. It, it literally looks apocalyptic. Petersburg, Florida this week confirmed the same thing, and but they did not use depleted oxygen. They blamed it, of course, on algae. And just so you all know, the algae is a result of the deoxygenated water, not the other way around. But, ladies and gentlemen, there, it was just looking at the pictures. So I had to go to Facebook and scan for pictures. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just didn't know how to put into words what was going on. Because crabs, I mean, at any rate. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm worried about Iceland. Boy, that was random, wasn't it? You wasn't expecting that, were you? Well, this came out today, and it's just, or this week, and it's extremely important because Iceland has nearly eliminated Down syndrome through abortion. That's the headline. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they go on to praise this. Let me read just just just, just one sentence. With the continuous evolution of parental screening technology, it is no surprise that the number of children born with Down syndrome is declining. But Iceland through the use of abortion, apparently is on the brink of completely eradicating the disorder from their society, or at least killing off all the unborn children with the condition. Uh, that's that's direct quote. Ladies and gentlemen, you better figure this out real quick. Most of you that are part... <clears throat> Of the private side of this ministry, know full well that I have did extensive work with such of God's children. And I'm here to tell you, beyond any shadow of a doubt, He mingles them among us for mercy. They absolutely love Him without condition, irrelevant of what you do. So, 
it tells me that Iceland's probably real high on the hit list. And may it be so. May he send forth his mighty host to eradicate these mothers who would murder the work of his good hands. People are so stupid. I've never met one person with Down syndrome, and I've met many. That was a God-hater. Oh no, that's always reserved for their parents that feel like they got a defective child. May these children wind up in the hollow of his hand, and may these parents get the fist of the other. Been kind of entertaining this week. Um, the daughter of a very famous evangelist come out this week, warning of uh, potential judgment according to this eclipse. Even the farmers, the farmers almanac jumped into it today because they are, or this week because they're uh, predicting a rough winter ahead, and let me target here on something. Caught my attention. I'm going to read directly from the article. The most interesting prediction from the scientist at Farmer's Almanac targets the southern parts of the Great Plains where Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma meet. People living in this area should expect wild swings in the weather over the winter, from very warm to cold, from clear to sunny. I read the rest of it, but I hope you all realize they just described with perfect clarity the Dust Bowl. That is the event horizon for the dreaded black blizzards that we've all forgotten about. Now, isn't that interesting? It is getting... Ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. This is absolutely ridiculous, this article I'm going to read, but it's, it's the truth. If you think that Donald Trump is not a financier, I don't know how to explain to you that he is. been trained from the beginning to do this very thing. Don't you realize that once the POTUS realized Valuable. His tweets were. They were actually more valuable than what comes out of the mainstream media's mouths. Don't you realize he could capitalize on that? This is a case in point. Of course, <laughs> here we go again. This is from a British news agency. This is this is the title. Donald Trump wipes five point seven billion off the value of Amazon with a single tweet. First paragraph. Donald Trump briefly wiped around $5.7 billion off a stock market valuation of Amazon on Wednesday with a tweet attacking the online retail giant for doing great damage to tax-paying retails. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't realize what he could have done. Did it. Had his advisors watched as soon as the price dropped like a hammer. Buy about a billion dollars of it, and within hours, 
he was sitting on top, him and all of his buddies. But it would take a little bit of foresight and knowledge of insider training to be able to deduct exactly what he did. Now, this is what I find very troubling, very troubling. Bannon this week stepped down. And I asked myself, now, why would that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because to me, it was absolutely obvious, and I knew where to look. I put in trade war, Bannon. This was released within 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. Let, Let me just read this to you. This is what he did. This is the headline. U.S., he said, an economic war with China, says Trump strategist Bannon. That's right. Let me read the headline again without interrupting myself. U.S., an economic war with China, says Trump strategist Bannon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Brian would have been the first one to tell you that that was suicide, telling the American people what exactly was going on. Because let me read the first sentence here. White House strategist Steve Bannon argued forcefully in an interview published Wednesday that the United States was in an economic war with China and the confrontation with nuclear-armed North Korea is just a sideshow. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't think the One Belt, One Road was the root of all this, you were daft because Brian has talked to you extensively about it. But Steve Bannon did the one thing that you can't do. He told everybody what was going on. So with that in mind, let's take a much-needed break from this societal suicide that's going on. Oh, by the way, before I take a break, I do need to bring this up. Um, I know all of you probably remember that a couple of weeks ago I, I mentioned the suicide outbreak that we had been told in multiple hospitals. Uh, just absolutely unbelievable, but just so you know, um, I asked some more questions, and uh, the caseworkers are very nervous for the children because they already – I've had to change the laws, and when a child dies, they have to check to make sure that that child wasn't the only child in the family that had a life insurance policy because this is – there's a cascade of this going on. Uh, just so you all know, the pediatric um, caseworkers are incredibly worried that a bunch of parents are going to go to uh, the store and buy regular sunglasses… And put superhero stickers on them or something and tell their children to watch the eclipse so they go blind so that they can get the disability for their children because they can't find jobs and there's nothing else they can do and they're desperate. And of course, uh, they know that they'll probably just buy one of those sticker books with the going rage at the time, which is, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, that kind of stuff. And if they are. Uh, requested to bring in the glasses, they'll just put those stickers on the Eclipse glasses. By the way, I also knew where to look, and on a national level, they're afraid there's going to be a 
rash of suicides during the eclipse as well. But yet all the grandparents are driving around in $250,000 RVs with bumper stickers that say, Spending Our Grandchildren's Inheritance. You know, I don't know what Job would say about that, but we seriously need to take a break from this societal suicide news. Let's listen to what the Lord, our God, to describe in Job 13 through 16. God help us all. But most importantly, come hell or high water, may God help the children. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Book of Job, chapter 15. Lo, mine eye hath seen all this, mine ear hath heard and understood it. What ye know the same do I know also. I am not inferior unto you. Truly, I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Oh, that ye would altogether hold your peace, and it should be your wisdom. Hear now my reasoning, and hearken to the pleadings of my lips. Will ye speak wickedly for God, and talk deceitfully for him? Will ye accept his person? Will ye contend for God? Is it good that he should search you out? Or as one man mocketh another, do ye so mock him? He will surely reprove you, if ye do secretly accept person. Shall not his excellency make you afraid, and his dread fall upon you? Your remembrances are like unto ashes, your bodies to bodies of clay. Hold your peace, let me alone that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Hear diligently my speech and my declaration with your ears. Behold now, I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. Who is he that will plead with me? For now if I hold my tongue, I shall give up the ghost. Only do not do things unto me. Then will I not hide myself from thee. Withdraw thine hand far from me, and let not thy dread make me afraid. Then call thou, and I will answer. Or let me speak, and answer thou me. How many are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgression and my sin. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and holdest me for thine enemy? Wilt thou break a leaf driven to and fro? And wilt thou pursue the dry stubble? For thou writest bitter things against me and makest me to possess the iniquities of my youth. Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks, and lookest narrowly unto all my paths. Thou settest a print upon the heels of my feet, and he as a rotten thing consumeth, as a garment that is moth-eaten. Chapter 14 Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such an one, and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him, that he may rest, till he shall accomplish as an hireling his day. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. 
Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and drieth up, so man lieth down and riseth not. Till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hand. For now thou numberest my steps. Dost thou not watch over my sin? My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. And surely the mountain falling cometh to naught, and the rock is removed out of his place. The waters wear the stones. Thou washest away the things which grow out of the dust of the earth, and thou destroyest the hope of man. Thou prevailest forever against him, and he passeth. Thou changest his countenance, and sendest him away. His sons come to honor, and he knoweth it not. And they are brought low, but he perceiveth it not of them. But his flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. Chapter 15. Then answered Eliphaz the Temanite and said, Should a wise man utter vain knowledge and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk or with speeches wherewith he can do no good? Yea, thou castest off fear and restrainest prayer before God. For thine mouth uttereth thine iniquity, and thou choosest the tongue of the crafty. Thine own mouth condemneth thee, and not I. Yea, thine own lips testify against thee. Art thou the first man that was born, or wast thou made before the hills? Hast thou heard the secret of God, and dost thou restrain wisdom to thyself? What knowest thou that we know not? What understandest thou which is not in us? With us are both the gray-headed and very aged men, much elder than thy father. Are the consolations of God small with thee? Is there any secret thing with thee? Why doth thine heart carry thee away? And what do thy eyes wink at, that thou turnest thy spirit against God, and lettest such words go out of thy mouth? What is man, that he should be clean? And he which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous? Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water? I will show thee. Hear me, and that which I have seen I will declare which wise men had told from their fathers, and have not hid it, unto whom alone the earth was given, and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man travaileth with pain all his days, and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. A dreadful sound is in his ears. In prosperity the destroyer shall come upon him. He believeth not that he shall return out of darkness, and he is waited for of the sword. He wandereth abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knoweth that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Trouble and anguish shall make him afraid. They shall prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. For he stretcheth out his hand against God, and strengtheneth himself against the Almighty. He runneth upon him, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of his bucklers, because he covereth his face with his fatness, and maketh collops of fat on his flanks. And he dwelleth in desolate cities, and in houses which no man inhabiteth, which are ready to become heaps. 
He shall not be rich, neither shall his substance continue, neither shall he prolong the perfection thereof upon the earth. He shall not depart out of darkness. The flame shall dry up his branches, and by the breath of his mouth shall he go away. Let not him that is deceived trust in vanity, for vanity shall be his recompense. It shall be accomplished before his time, and his branch shall not be green. He shall shake off his unripe grape as the vine, and shall cast off his flower as the olive. For the congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate, and fire shall consume the tabernacles of bribery. They conceive mischief, and bring forth vanity, and their belly prepareth deceit. Chapter 16 Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? I also could speak as ye do. If your soul were in my soul's stead, I could heap up words against you and shake my head at you. But I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving of my lips should assuage your grief. Though I speak, my grief is not assuaged, and though I forbear, what am I eased? But now he hath made me weary. Thou hast made desolate all my company, and thou hast filled me with wrinkles which is a witness against me, and my leanness rising up in me beareth witness to my face. He teareth me in his wrath, who hateth me. He gnasheth upon me with his teeth, mine enemy sharpeneth his eyes upon me. They have gaped upon me with their mouth. They have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully. They have gathered themselves together against me. God hath delivered me to the ungodly, and turned me over into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck, and shaken me to pieces, and set me up for his mark. His archers compass me round about. He cleaveth my reins asunder, and doth not spare. He poureth out my gall upon the ground. He breaketh me with breach upon breach. He runneth upon me like a giant. I have sewed sackcloth upon my skin, and defiled my horn in the dust. My face is foul with weeping, and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Not for any injustice in mine hands. Also my prayer is pure. O earth, cover not thou my blood, and let my cry have no place. Also now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. My friends scorn me, but mine eye poureth out tears unto God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God, as a man pleadeth for his neighbor. When a few years are come, then I shall go the way whence I shall not return. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. It would seem that uh, Clinton needs to put his two cents in about my diatribe, so let's go ahead and get that before Brian jumps in the saddle. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about this, Matthew, but I, I was not aware of what Eisler was doing with the people with that Down syndrome. Um, anyone, if you have not been around someone with Down syndrome, they are, they are angels. They, there's no other way to put it. They're the most peaceful, loving individuals that, that I've ever met. And, and I just posted a video on my Twitter of a good friend of mine, Todd Martz, who has, re, who has passed now. Um, but if you, if you want to look into the heart uh, of people with Down syndrome, this, this video shows that, I mean, my, my life is different now being involved with someone that has I can't even say that's a disability. I would say that's a gift. And the fact that Iceland is looking to eradicate it, that, that, 
that just that hits me hard. That is that is uncalled for. That is wrong, and that is that is taking angels from this earth. That is that is the most horrible thing that can happen. So I I just had to say something. No, that's that's all right, Clinton. I understand. That's why I formally put forth a request myself. May the host of heaven be sent to gather recompense for these God-haters. Brian, before I get too stirred up, do you have the saddle? Alrighty. Yeah, this is one of those infamous uh, areas of where do we begin first. There's just so much stuff that's happened here over this last week, and... Trying to get to the bottom of stuff is getting more entertaining by the moment. I think we've kind of reiterated that over and over and over again throughout time here. And, you know, I'm finding the further we progress here, you're having to go through at least five to six news stories to find out what really happened in a circumstance. And it just gets to the stage of ridiculousness. For instance, you know, we're going to start here with something. Because we pretty much had talked about this, I'd say, at least a good couple of months ago about what was really happening inside of Syria concerning the uh, chemical weapons and where they had come from when that last attack happened when Trump ordered the uh, naval vessels to come in and flex their muscles and fire off a boatload of Tomahawk missiles and then turns around right afterwards, basically, and then drops a mega bomb over in Afghanistan. And I think that's a good indicator where things are going. When you really step back, especially concerning a lot of the, uh, how would you say this, uh, re retooling of the administration that's now within the White House. Because we went from a whole heck of a lot of insanity, and you'll find out that most of those people now that have been shoved out the door well they're all part of the same camp. Bannon is just one slight indication of this and you know I do want to point out kind of quickly here you know the uh, the story breaking with him stating that we were in a massive uh, trade war here with China once well, I would have to say a little bit more than that a memorandum on top of it, though, was released this week on WhiteHouse.gov that was actually previous to his firing. And it pretty much stated that they were going to start going after China for intellectual property uh, violations with copyrights and so forth. And a whole bunch of other areas they were going to start investigating them over. Well, literally, I'd have to say before Bannon leaked it. Whitehouse.gov had already stated it. And a lot of us, you know, I think this is something that people should do that continue our watching for these things. I would strongly advise hitting that Whitehouse.gov on a daily basis and looking through the legislation they're dropping out. We also had, in the midst of this week, we had a great big uh, infrastructure bill go up. And, I mean, to break it down, it's a rather lengthy little bill. But one of the big things that is in this is dropping the time 
for approval on something, but the main thing that they sort of singled out was environmental protection. And to a degree, I think that's kind of key to understanding the shakeup we've seen in this administration. Because there were two factions, essentially, that are now running the right wing in the United States. After Manafort had essentially been removed for connections with Ukrainian government, I'm not going to play the Russian game, folks. He was involved with the uh, neo-Nazis that overthrew Ukraine. So let's just leave that light. But after that, the Bannon crowd and that whole network was brought in through alignments with funding through the Mercer family. Yet what we see now is one by one by one, they've been swept out of the equation. And we've literally got the full-blown neocon establishment running the show. And to take it up even a notch more, well, folks, these people are all tied into the oil business on a major level. I think that's very important to keep an eye on. Because when you have an administration that is filled with oil barons, you have a bought and paid for third party that is now running the right wing. Folks, these are no longer your standard everyday Republicans any longer. And what they call them, for those that are more aligned with the original conservative party, whatever terminology they may want to use for it, they're not speaking too nicely about They want them out. Back when, in the Obama administration, we had the Tea Party flare up. Well, flared up right here in Madison, Wisconsin. I got to see the whole thing with my own eyes, folks. They took over the White House during the Obama administration. This was the infamous uh, party of no that everybody spoke of. It's a whole new grouping of people. All rallied around basically corporate interests. This is all they basically do now. They're bought and paid for. They slam anything through the door they want. This is why they're loosening all the environmental protection across the board. When we consider this in light of what is happening with the OPEC nations, because this is a pattern, and it's happened more than once. When the OPEC nations start making cuts to slow the output of oil because we have a glut. Trouble always follows. And these gluts, this overproduction of oil hitting the market full swing is also another pattern. And they used this exact same strategy again because this happened prior to the fall of the Soviet Union and it really did not help matters for their failing economy as is in the Soviet Union at that time. They used this again to knock Russia down economically because they are one of the biggest producers of oil in the world. They used the same tactic again, but here's the problem. On the other side of that tactic, they start doing what they're doing with the OPEC nations. They start pulling the oil backwards stopping production, slowing it down. For instance, 
couple of them they didn't really talk to to bring into the deal was Venezuela and Libya. We're having trouble in both of those places right now as we speak, which forced the oil production to come down. And yet, of course, uh, America didn't do anything to sanction the oil over there in Venezuela because, of course, well, the Gulf states here in the United States, that's where they take that oil. They have refineries that are built specifically to deal with it. And they don't want to mess with that. Just rather interesting once again, you know, this whole infamous oil thing seems to be at the forefront. When you see these shocks like this, when they overfill the market and then they start telling the OPEC nations to pull back. Okay, we brought up Kenya earlier. I wanted to know why there was so much uh, discord in Kenya, so of course I ran over, looked at the encyclopedia article. Well, lo and behold, China's got major investments in Kenya. Not to even mention the fact that they're basically getting ready to develop one of the biggest oil fields they've found in that region. And of course, lo and behold, guess what? Once again, we see flare-ups happening. Right there in Kenya. Not coincidence. Myanmar, one of the bigger port cities, once again for China. Well, we have radical, yes, get this one, folks, radical Tibetan Buddhists who are fighting against Islam and the Christians and everyone else. Quite violently, as a matter of fact, radical Tibetan Buddhists, but for those that have listened in the past, I've warned about the uh, the Tibetans. You know, they use that terminology of Buddhist. They're not they are not your garden variety regular Buddhists that follow after the original teachings. No, they are altogether something different. They always have been. Their religion is based off of their ancient religion, which is the Zangzun, and they've just taken elements of Buddhism and brought them in. To put this nicely. You're dealing with sorcerers on a level far beyond people's understanding. Tibetans have been used many times by the CIA in the past. And before China had its massive war with Tibet, well, guess what? The CIA was already using them to keep tabs on China. So you begin to wonder if there's a little more than meets the eye to this. That sort of whips us around to what's happening between India and China as we speak. You see, China and India are both two of the biggest emerging economic superpowers. And we got trouble between the two of them. I believe it's in Bhutan where this is breaking out. I just had that story up, as a matter of fact. And why do I have... Ah, one moment, folks. Sorry about this. Apparently, pop-ups just randomly show up now with my web pages. That's classic. Well, I did have it up here a minute ago. Bhutan, yep. India-China standoff in Bhutan. 
and there's a region there in the Himalayan mountains, which, folks, this has always been an important area for the trade routes between uh, China going down in and through to India. This has always been a heavily disputed area throughout ancient times. They had to deal many times with the ancient Hun, the Ahanu, as they were called in ancient times, to get down into this corridor. This is one of the most important places for the ancient trade routes of the Silk Road. And once again, it's right here standing in front of us being a major spot of contention again. This is not coincidence. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But yet what I find ironic in this, and to a degree a little bit on the confusing side, as far as the Shanghai Cooperation Organization is concerned, you see, for one, they have a clause within the uh, agreement of those nations to come together that anybody that attacks one of these nations, they're immediately supposed to come to the defense of. And here's the problem. India and China, and Pakistan for that matter, are all part of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization as of the last major meeting. And yet, we're having clashes between these two. And in this Pakistan, democracy. Uh-huh. Yeah, the biggest failure in history. I mean, do you want me to be truthfully honest? Because, I mean, they set it up directly so that the... Well, it was the big property owners ruling over the lower class once again. And then, you know, America's trying to make everybody else become democracies. It's not working out too good here in the United States now, is it? And we try to enforce the same system on everyone else. But this goes back over to what's happening here in Pakistan as well. In the last couple of weeks, we had the leader there has been caught in mega scandals. And for about the umpteenth time in a row now, the military has had a coup and has overthrown this leader. You see, we've got so much turmoil just in this one corridor between India, China, or I mean, I'm sorry, going from India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and then lo and behold, up here to China. Yet, did everybody catch what started happening as of yesterday? Trump was sent out. With Pence came back from the South American meetings, which I would keep a close eye on all of South America, a whole lot going on down there. They came back. Pence cut the uh, trip short to head to Camp David for the Afghanistan talks. And with the rearrangement that we've had now, with the, uh, the Mercer-Bannon clan being... Re- ejected from the equation and we have three generals that are sitting right at the top of the staff well this is definitely leaning things more towards a military standoff as opposed to what was being spoken of before concerning bringing in Eric Prince and his mercenaries yeah here's the thing folks you have to understand for one that most of the contracts with Eric Prince in the past came through the CIA and varied other offshoot intelligence communities 
in the United States because you start to pull them up, you're going to find out there's more than just one intelligence agency. There is a boatload of them down to the fact that the one that atypically the right wing itself uses, which was based off of the Office of Policy Coordination at the end of World War II, nobody even knows who its leader is. So anything that's going to be happening with these mercenaries, they are going to keep off the radar. But Afghanistan right now, I would highly keep an eye on how they are going to what decision to make there in the White House? Because, look, historically speaking, no matter what, go back to Alexander the Great, keep going forward, Britain, everybody that goes into Afghanistan as this multi-year war rages on right now as we speak, it never pans out good for them. On top of it, there was an article that I came across yesterday that blatantly stated what was going on with the American companies that are already inside of Afghanistan. They're in there stealing all the uh, resources. So this goes back to solidifying the uh, solidifying the resource grabs, and that's kind of the big uh, big thing that's really happening in the midst of the world as we speak. It's, it boils down to resource wars, and whoever's got the biggest, richest amount of resources, they're going for that place. And you can just pull up the globe, start looking into what each nation has. Watch where things flare up. Look at how they flare up. See if they got the, how do you put this? The trademark uh, color revolution or coup written all over them. Then you really begin to start seeing what's happening. Because this is the same tactics they've been using for years. We can see it happening all over the planet. But that's, uh, with Afghanistan... Moving troops into that right now, that may be a sign of bigger things to come. Because let us not forget that Iran's right there. And they've already been mobilizing and arming the Sunnis to fight against the Shiites. But there's been some strange happenings between talks with a Shiite leader that's inside of Iraq because a vast majority of the Iraqis... The Iraq uh, areas are being ruled over by Shia, which is quite a change from what was happening previous to the Ba'athist Saddam Hussein regime falling. That's been causing all sorts of other problems. Yet the big one on the table here, right now as we speak, we did a show on this a little while back. Everybody knows that the wild card in this mix Besides Afghanistan, because that corridor is definitely being left in disarray for a purpose. Kurdistan and this independence vote is setting all four of those nations into very large predicaments. And they are all not too pleased about this. Iraq is not too happy about this that part of that Kurdistan region goes up into Turkey they are ticked as can be goes into Iran well we've already seen the handiwork of some of the Kurdish people inside of Iran as they keep speaking about regime change especially when Rex Tillerson came out quite some time back and angered the entire governing body of Iran 
threatening regime change. Goes up into Syria. We've got the region up in Rojava. The September 25th vote for independence is a mega, mega flashpoint. Also, threats have been coming out of the White House, State Department, UN, from all of the United States delegates. Once again, they're threatening to completely axe the uh, Iranian nuclear cords. Even though, contrary to every single thing that the IAEA is bringing out, or it might be IAEE, I can't remember some of these acronyms off the top of my head, but basically everything is stating that they are following everything that they're supposed to do, but of course, they just want to break that deal anyways. The Iranian leader is warning, they keep on this course, it's not going to turn out good for anybody. They're already considering uh, actions just opposed to the sanctions that have been thrown down on them now. This is leading to a spot where things are getting very tense. And then we have the circumstances in Turkey. Turkey is a loose cannon at this stage to just an unbelievable level. We had the signing of a missile defense system, I believe it's the S-300s off the top of my head, between Russia and Turkey. At first there was rumblings about this, and then lo and behold, well, it was signed. This is setting all the NATO nations into heavy contention because when you don't have systems that work with the rest of the standardized NATO systems, this is problematic. Yet at the same time, I would have to say right now as we speak, I don't foresee that Turkey has NATO's interest at heart at all. Because not only on top of this, we have major, major major alliances being made that are very troubling, at least in the eyes of how the United States administration would view that. But Turkey has definitely now aligned itself with Iran and Russia and that whole stretch with Syria. Just yesterday on top of it, Syria had a great big... uh, has already started initiating trade meetings. And basically, everybody that stood by Assad during this was invited. Everybody else that didn't, well, they weren't. And then you get a nice little tidbit down there at the bottom of that article where it states, well, we plan on, we still have plans to oust Assad. Isn't that cute? Then we've got, let's see, Lebanon. Hezbollah, a lot of rumblings in that area, which are not good. But we go back around to what I started with with Syria. Once again, folks, we told everybody about this as far so far back it is ridiculous. Well, now it has come out, and I didn't know if I should say anything or not because it's been a little difficult to track down the source coming out of Syria. But we can bring up the United Nations uh, source. Supply of toxic agents to Syria violates chemical weapons convention. Russian UN envoy. 
Uh, Wednesday, Syrian Deputy Foreign Minister Faisal McDodd said at a news conference that chemical weapons from the United Kingdom and the United States had been found in areas liberated from terrorists. Now, folks, how long back was it I that we pointed out this is exactly what was happening, that the West was behind the chemical weapons getting in there? Well, here you go. This is right from the United Nations. I should catch everybody's attention. In Israel this week, <clears throat> we've had a vast, uh, how would we put this? Uh, let's just say alliances between the neocon establishment in the United States and the Likud party right wing of Israel have become so blatantly apparent now that it is ridiculous. After the events that happened in Charlottesville and the ridiculous statements that kept coming out of the uh, commander-in-chief's mouth over the course of the week, you know, by the third time, he essentially, the commander-in-chief, had uh, decided he was going to quote Fox News word for word. And folks, there's several stories out there where you can see what happened. They compared the previous night's Fox News broadcast and put it side by side with what came out of Trump's mouth in that entire speech. And yes, I watched his entire speech, so I don't need to relay whatever variance of things that have been told to people was said. And yep, that's that's where you got his briefing on it, folks. Fox News. This is now where you see how things get so confused. I mean, if he's not actually looking over the actual uh, video and footage, that tells me that the president has no idea what's actually happening. That's not good, folks, because his statements were in left field concerning how far the left went in this circumstance. Yes, there were people that showed up there to cause trouble, but a vast majority of them, you can watch the video footage, especially when things got heated near the end at varied points and when the car came in. Okay, those people were peaceful. There was other events going on at the same time with the clashes between the left and the right where they were egging each other on and the police just stood back and watched. Now, it's hard to call, make a call on that one as far as what the police should have done in that situation because when you look at it from both angles, you begin to realize, well, we did have right-wing militias there that had assault rifles and semi-automatic pistols and were just armed to the teeth. It sort of put them in a position where intervening could have been just as bad as not intervening and maybe intervening could have ended up causing a wholesale slaughter. So this is a hard one to make a call on. But these comments that very slowly came out of Israel, and it was just a tiny little, you know, everybody seems to think, I guess, that, you know, the uh, the way to make statements to the world now is through Twitter, which is a little bit on the ridiculous side, I must say. But nonetheless, that's how they do things. And he tweeted out something 
condemning the Nazis, but it was very peculiar how it was worded. It took over three days, and it turns out that basically this boils around to more the fact that Netanyahu does not want to anger Trump because of the closeness between him and the entire neoconservative, theoconservative, whatever names we may want to give it, establishment. And folks, it gets a little interesting when you start to learn more about the details between this administration and, for instance, the uh, Jared Kushner's family, because it turns out that Kushner's family has been connected to Netanyahu's family since he was a child. Netanyahu had even stayed at their house one time. They've known each other for some time. This gets bothersome when you consider all the scandals that are breaking out with Netanyahu as we speak. These scandals have been over and over and over again topic, but it's gotten so heated now it's ridiculous. And this makes me concerned for, well, I would say everybody's security across the world when you begin to realize that there's more corporate wheeling and dealing going on than there is anything else. And the fact alone that these things are so heavily affecting these leaders no matter where you look. Seriously bothers me to no end that that's really what's going on. We have more corporate interest at the heart of things as opposed to actually doing what a, they claim a democracy is supposed to do. That makes you begin to ask questions about the building settlements when you have real estate moguls involved, when you realize that they have found one of the biggest oil Reserves sitting there in the West Bank, in, of all places, Megiddo. That really begins to make you wonder what is going on behind the scenes. You know, and then we flip it around. Got the stuff going on here with the OPEC. And then we got the Saudi Arabian arms deal, which happened so far back. I just don't seem to get that. People, do you understand that all of this wheeling and dealing that goes on with Saudi Arabia, all the money that we keep putting into their pockets for this oil, you do realize that that's what's funding the terrorism. All that money is inadvertently going through. These different mosques, they set all up all throughout the Middle East. That's what keeps this whole thing spinning. You know, and we've got our infamous propaganda experts here, you know, this is, that's what they do. Uh, as I stated before, Propaganda Jones has gotten to the stage where, well, they're all right calling for civil war, even though they say they're not calling for civil war, but it's so blatantly ridiculous, it's just unbelievable. They drop out completely absolute false facts, and then nobody checks them. And we talked about this one time and time again, and I think it's just time to set it straight. Okay, because out of that side, and a lot of people are not looking into what was actually said, and they're just following along. This uh, statement keeps dropping out that George Soros had colluded with the Nazis, and he states this in a 60 Minutes interview. Okay, everybody, you can go out and find that 60 Minutes interview on YouTube. I would highly advise you watch it because this is actually what was stated. 
when Nazi Germany was flaring up, his father moved him into the home of a godfather, and they basically stated that Charles was a Christian to keep him hidden from the Nazis. Now, yes, his father was out collecting the money and taking all the things away from the Jews. And at the same time, you got to understand, A, that's what his father was doing. He was being hidden under the guises of being a Christian with his godfather. You see, folks, that's not open collusion with the Nazis. That's disinformation. That's a blatant lie. It's these deceptions that these people pull off that are doing this rallying of people on the right. And they get away with it because nobody goes and actually looks at the real details. See, that's my main key point of this. This has not really anything to do with George Soros. It has to do with the fact of what kind of things they're doing to warp people's minds. Okay, on top of it, to make matters worse. Now, I've spoken great lengths about him, and I don't really care about not using names in this circumstance because, look, folks, this man ain't a Christian. Rodney Howard Brown is out telling everybody that he's had a congressional aide tell him that the deep state is getting ready to take out America as commander-in-chief in a physical way. And then he turns around and he's trying to rally up just like the neocons did in 1984 when they decided they were going to come in and take over the church. He's trying to rile up his legions. People, you need to be aware of what these people are pulling. You need to start thinking for yourselves. If your mind has been renewed, you should be able to see beyond this. I get quite frustrated and irritated when I see these supposed leaders like this within these uh, heretical movements because that's what the signs and wonders and health, wealth, and prosperity, it is a heretical movement. It always has been. It contradicts the Bible on every stretch of the imagination. They are preaching a false gospel. If they're preaching a false gospel, then what in turn does this mean? These people are calling for people to rise up. They're calling for all kinds of insanity. And that's the whole thing. You know, everybody, they, they're running around and saying the judgment's coming on the United States, and the United States needs to repent. But yet not one of them, not a single one, states that it's the church that needs to repent. Where does judgment fall, folks? For whose deeds? But they neglect to say this. You know, I find it ironic that they're stating that, well, this is a sign of judgment, folks. Have you taken a look around the United States? How long have things been very bad here? 
Have you looked into the number of natural disasters in the United States compared to everywhere else in the world? You didn't think there was a problem? Oh, you think judgment's coming with this eclipse, and you forgot what's been happening this whole time. Now, what does the church keep running around and doing? They keep calling for an awakening, a revival. And they say that to get the nation to repent, but they don't mention the fact that it's a church that has to do so. This needs to stop. And if you're out there listening to these people that are pulling these stunts, that are calling for you to rise up and a revolution and good grief, turn off whatever you're listening to or watching or whatever it may be and stop putting that garbage into your mind. This is a very dangerous time especially for all this kind of nonsense to be getting flared up in the midst of what we have taking place. I mean, folks, you do need to realize real quickly that a lot of the people that rallied have been coming out. This started happening during the election cycle. This is not the first time this has happened in the United States, folks. This is a cycle. This is a pattern. This is not the first time that leaders have run on a racist platform pushing anti this, going against this group and that group. It's not the first time this is a pattern. This has happened many times. And so has the civil disruption on the streets. Or have people forgotten the 60s? Do you not remember all the massive protests that happened there? Let's go backwards. How about the time of the New Deal in 1930? No, folks, this is a pattern. It's happened before, and it's happening again, and you should have expected it at the same time. Ask yourself for a moment, why is it that these people that they are stating are on the left? Even though, So I guess that um, standing up against racism, standing up against slamming on and hating other people, that now puts you on the left? That's ridiculous. No, folks, this is a lot of what's been going on. People have been fed up with it for quite some time, and they came out to speak out against it. It's been happening since the election cycle started, and it's rant raged and ramped up to a whole new level. Showing up at these places during these situations, not very wise. Because the neo-Nazis, white supremacists, they got about 50 different thousand names for them. It's, it's hate. And that's what they're hoping. They're hoping the other side shows up they're looking for a fight. And you go there to these things, you're giving them what they want. People to speak up about things, yes, you are to stand up against this stuff. You're not to show up there, though, to get caught up in the middle of the violence. It's just that simple. I think we got all kinds of stuff here that is boiling all over the place. We have things that are happening all throughout Eastern Europe within the Balkans. We have groups that are siding with Russia. We have groups that are siding with the European nations. That's an old pattern that's actually important. 
kind of an old pattern that went back to World War One. Just makes you wonder. Round three, how is this one going to get started? Well, I think we've already been in round three, but how is things are things going to escalate here? There's so many flashpoints now, it's utterly ridiculous. The United States is really, really ramping up things as far as China is concerned, as far as all these different corridors are concerned. I don't know. We know next is going to be wide-scale mega-inflation. need to keep an eye out for the things that are going to be the causes of that. And a massive, massive oil shock. Let's say something happens to Saudi Arabia, for instance. Folks, have you looked into the figures of what that would cause on a global scale? I believe it's like one out of every four barrels of oil used in the United States is coming from there. Any one of these major spots hit are suddenly lo and behold something happens where they pull everything back and say nope we're not giving you any it's a lot of stuff going on folks I may have covered everything I may not have it's just too many things happening to even attempt to folks when you see stuff like this happening for you those of you that are in the United States Be mindful of not getting caught in the tent and veil of news that they keep everybody locked into, as they call the infamous news cycle. Okay, we've went from the Russian aspects, and then all of a sudden everything flipped around last week to North Korea, and then lo and behold, everything switched around to the events that just happened here in Charlottesville. They're putting a veil over the top of everything, and folks, you need to learn to start looking outside of that veil and keeping an eye on everything that is happening in the world. So I'm stopping there. I kind of ran pretty long this time anyways, but nonetheless, let you guys chime in here for these last few moments. Well, Clinton, your comments, uh, follow-up information? Well, you know, it's, it's amazing listening to, you know, you guys talk as well. And, and you know, I'm trying to keep up and, and post the articles on Twitter as, as you guys are speaking. And it's, you know, everyone talks about, oh, the mainstream media is not, you know, reporting this or that. No, it's all there. It's just that their lens is not correct. I mean, you have to lose your scripture as your lens to see exactly what's going on. And everything is there. You can see it if you're able to see it. And the, the only way to truly see it is to know scripture and then to see it through that lens. And then it's, it's amazing, absolutely amazing, uh, the different spectrums from what, what I say, what Matthew says, what Brian says, and, and how it just puts the whole picture together to where it's, it's amazing to watch it unfold. It is absolutely amazing. I mean, we just uh, – ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor and do a new search for – kleptocracy because the whole world knows that's that's what we're in I mean let me uh, read an article here well I think this is uh, June 31st but you, you'll get the point kleptocracy charge level at Donald Trump 
the article uh, details that uh, President Trump still risks charges of kleptocracy and profiteering from public office, says U.S. Ethics Chief Walter Schraub. He has told a U.K. newspaper that the U.S. governance has become an embarrassment. Now, this is coming from an ethics uh, chief that quit in mid-July. So, ladies and gentlemen, this this is this is no joke. I mean, this is a direct quote from him. We're running around the world trying to promote anti-corruption measures, and we don't even have our own house in order, he said. Now we're anything but that, said Schwab, who among the 17 officials and candidates for office who have parted ways from Trump since he took office in January. Referring to the Trump International Hotel between the White House and the U.S. Capitol, Trump said, it's wildly inappropriate for a hotel that he's leasing from the federal government. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> keep your eye on that word internationally, kleptocracy, because everybody knows that's where we're at. Everybody knows it but the Americans. And ladies and gentlemen, Please come to a reckoning with this. That that comes from the Greek word that is in the Bible, God's holy word. So maybe you should do a Bible study on that word. You might want to think about it. Clinton, jump on here and give your websites, please. Yeah, for everyone that uh, wants to you know, see more information or to try to follow all the news sources that we reference, um, you know, everyone can check out my website, clintoncowatch.com. My last name is spelled K-O-W-A-C-H. Um, also on Twitter, uh, just type in Clinton Co-Watch and you'll find me and all the news sources are posted there so you can read the articles and verify everything yourself as well. Um, and then also on Podbeam, uh, you can find me with the Diligent Watchman. Um, you know, thank you everyone for your support and uh, God bless you all. Brian, you want to jump on here and give all your resources, please? Yep. Uh, main thing where I'm keeping a lot of the news as of lately is through Twitter. So you can find me there at Over at Attention Show on Twitter. And then uh, some of the other stuff I put up on Over at Attention Show.com. And that's pretty much where you can find me at, folks. Thanks for joining us, and God but, bless. Go ahead, and gentlemen. If you want to, if you want to find me, uh, I am Matthew Miller. Just look up the End Time Tribune. You'll run right smack dab into me. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just add that. The barons and the bankers have created the perfect kleptocracy that really should be given its more general term. It's called a mafia state. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.